We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The TPC is upon us. We'll talk a little bit about the Arnold Palmer and how rough it was over the weekend. Look at the weather forecast, perhaps, for the TPC and all the nuances of this course uh, and this loaded field. Coming up next on the next Gaming Golf. everybody welcome to gaming golf uh this week it's a big week it's the tpc it's upon us amazing loaded field we've said it a few times this week but it's really true this week again uh i'm jeff erickson here with scott jensad and jeff ritter scott with rotowire jeff with si golf and morning read jeff uh let's start with you your take on the arnold palmer uh big win for scotty scheffler two in the, uh, his last three tournaments on fire right now uh, enjoyed the Arnold Palmer. Uh, obviously, you know, we knew Scheffler was one of those like best player without a tour title, probably at the top of the list heading into this year, given what he did at the Ryder Cup. And even the fact he was on the Ryder Cup team without even winning a PGA Tour event. I mean, it just it spoke to um, what his fellow tour pros or what the captains thought of him as a player to put him on that team. Yep. And he certainly has paid off, you know, the <laughs> the idea of a star in the making. Now we went to events and, and the events that he won in such close proximity to each other. And now you're talking about a guy who's, you know, just like that has elevated himself into the upper echelon of into the top tier of players yeah. top around the world. And uh, you know, how dangerous is he now for the players? You know, usually you don't say we talk about a lot. Uh, a guy wins his first event ever. You tend to kind of fade him the next week, but now that he's got two and just comes in, you know, flying high, it's impossible not to look at him now in a completely new light. And as someone that we kind of, we put in that tier of the McElroy's and the Robs and Hovland's, all these, all these other guys we've been talking about every week as, as top tier players, Scheffler played his way into it. There's a path for him to be number one in the world. If everything works out right this week, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, just like that. I mean, to go from, <laughs> from new tour winner to potentially number one, if things break his way and he, and he wins. So. Quite a rise. 
Yeah, a little disappointed. I didn't have him on the betting card last week, although I can't be too mad because we always we already won on him on, on Phoenix. But uh, it was a wild event. I thought that Hovland was kind of going to roll in like midday Saturday, and then all of a sudden everybody came back. Then I had Matthew Fitzpatrick at minus three on Sunday. I'm like, wow, this might get all the way back to him. And like I mean, a couple birdies here, he was right back in. It was just a, it was a weird tough event. I think Rory complained about the setup afterwards, and um, I don't know. I like tough setups. I like a little easier set than that. I kind of like a minus 10 to 12 kind of tournament rather than that. But uh, um, it was fun to watch. It's always fun to watch when, when par is a good score. But, you, I mean, there's some there were some brutal rounds from pros on Sunday. I mean, Paul Casey was shot 83, and yeah. uh, Will Z was plus seven after eight holes. And that was like, all right, well, I guess I can stop looking at, the, at that one. But um, it's fun to watch. I, uh, I kind of like a little bit easier than that. I know I'm probably in the minority there with you guys. I know you guys like tough courses, but uh, it yeah. seemed like it seemed like Sunday was just brutal. The putting, it's just yeah. You know, it was it was 14 on the stint meter. I actually played a course recently that was 14. Uh, don't I don't recommend it. It's like I mean, guys would miss a, th- a four footer, and every single time it go like six feet past. It was like it was crazy. It wasn't just the miss; it was the fact that you had another putt coming back almost. You're every putting time. on a cart path. Yeah, practically. it's so tough. It's crazy. Yeah, they just got the weather. I mean, they set it up on edge, which is, I think, almost for almost what Rory said. But then you get the weather, yeah. you know, that that pushes it even farther than they had planned on. So you, you have that combination. And I, I don't know. I We don't see it that often where we pros are pushed to the limit and maybe even just a hair beyond the limit. We know the U.S. Right. Open always sets itself up that way. But <laughs> it's so I mean, rare that this happens that for – in my opinion, it's still kind of fun to just, you never know. Oh, I agree. I'll, I'll take, I'll take it over the, we're going to collapse back, you know, like a fall, like a dying star into the, into the abyss on Sunday afternoon. You never know. You get a little bit of everything. I take it over the minus 28 kind of tournaments any day. I'd those agree. Are, like by the, by the time of the weekends, those just kind of get not fun too. Yeah. Poor Gary Woodland has that massive yeah. Eagle on 16. You're like, wow, he's really going to get all the way back. And then, Double bogey right away. Bogey again. I mean, yeah. it's just relentless. Uh, brutal there. Uh, saw Tyrrell Hatton uh, get his game together. He was at one of the uh, middle middle groups. He, you know, and he posted a number early. First time uh, playing in the U.S. this year, and you know, had a uh, really nice, uh, really nice round, really nice finish to his tournament after a horrible Saturday. Yeah, right. I don't, I, lots of reaction to Tyrrell Hatton there. All right. I was waiting for Jeff yeah. to talk. I was. I think Hatton's a fun player. I, I just, you know, we know about the temper, and we know, you know, that yeah. that's often at times limited him at bigger events or held him back. We just see him just lose it on the golf course. But you know, another guy who was kind of famous for that in big events and prevented him from getting over the hump for a long time was John Rahm. And so you wonder if Hatton's starting to get closer to being someone yeah. that's able to just kind of manage it um under fire and certainly those those conditions were as tough as they get and uh i think he's one of the guys that, that maybe comes out of the week still feeling pretty good so did you, we'll did you guys see the uh, the one yard fairway challenge that he did with rory and morikawa no i did not it's an awesome video they so they said they said you set up like on a racetrack a one yard fairway and see if the guys can land not only land your drive on there but also keep it on there and it's, he has a lot of personality. He's a, I mean, he's a fun – and Morikawa and yeah. Rory are kind of messing around with him about his temper and stuff. But he's, he's a, you can tell he's a really fun, uh, likable guy. It's a, it's a fun little, like, five-minute video if you watch. I think they did it when they were in um, one of the uh, European tour events. But it's wild these guys can literally hit a one-yard fairway. Not only hit it, but have it stick on there. It's That's crazy. Yeah, it's, That's crazy. You watch it, it's just, it seems, like, truly impossible. And then they, they have a bunch of balls that actually hit the fairway. It's pretty wild. 
Well, that's a good lead into uh, talking about the TPC because driving accuracy is such a big thing here. You don't have to necessarily be a big hitter, but if you can put in the fairway like Morikawa does every time, it's just a huge advantage. Yeah, I mean, you got 17 water hazards, 88 bunkers, and another one of those courses where, you know, you can make doubles and triples, where we get a lot of these courses where if you make a bogey, that's a bad score, but there are legit doubles and triples out here. I think the big issue this weekend is going to be the weather. It's supposed to be uh, supposed to be raining on and off, and we got to, we got some wind on Thursday and the really big wind gusts up to 40 miles an hour projected on Saturday. Obviously, that can change, but um, that's two of the four days. Sunday's supposed to be really nice, but Thursday and Cold, Saturday's supposed to be yeah, colder, but at least sunny. But when, Thursday and Saturday's supposed to be really, really windy, and some rain like in in a drafting kind of setup it's one of those weeks where you might want to you know i don't know we don't know which wave is going to get the advantage but you may want to play some some lineups you play a bunch of lineups with the waves so you get you know play some all am guys and all some pm all pm guys in case one of them does get a big edge you have a, you have a bunch of guys on the in, in the one uh, the one bracket there right and of course that helps a lot in showdown slates too yeah, for sure. Like if you can find and the problem that you get into is sometimes it starts raining and the you know play gets suspended for three hours and suddenly the the wave you thought had had it good has it bad and the next wave plays out of the wind. But um, you know playing each of them in, in each of the waves is probably a pretty good way if you do play a lot of lineups. I do like that strategy. I was yeah. I was sitting here thinking, do you even think about who was a good mutter when you're thinking <laughs> about like South Florida? Probably not. I mean, it's still this isn't the British where you know it's, it's no, just but I, I think. On a, you want a guy that uh, plays well on tough courses and tough conditions. I think that does matter this week. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for, absolutely. Let's talk about the field. I mean, almost everybody is here. Bryson's not here. Phil's not there. Um, apparently, Webb Simpson will be there. We'll get to him in a moment. But uh, let's talk about the top tier. John Rahm is still the most expensive golfer on the course at uh, 11-1. Uh, Rory McIlroy is at 10-8. Colin Morikawa, 10-7. Justin Thomas, the defending champ at 10-4. And Victor Hovland at 10-1. Scott, who do you like here? Are you going to play someone from this tier when you're putting together your lineup? Yeah, I think the lineup construction question is the key part of this. And with a, with a, with a field this stacked, we do have a ton of options. And like the low 7,000s, there are so many great players. So I think you can go... Um, you can go one guy up here for sure. You could probably get two guys up here. Probably not what I want to do because there's so many eights and nines that are that are really uh, you know appealing too. But um, I'm going straight to Morikawa this week. Probably not shocking to anybody that ever has heard me talk about golf. But four straight <laughs> top tens. Um, second uh, second at Genesis when he last played gained six point eight putting. That was kind of a weird week for him. But he also gained seven point seven T degree. But I mean, if he putts well, like look the heck out. Um, he's only played once in the U.S. since the TOC in January. That was at uh, Genesis, but. A course like this, where you need to hit the fairway, you need to you need guys to you know you get probably have clubbed down a little bit on a lot of uh, a lot of holes. I just think I think he's the best ball striker on tour. Like I can't argue against anybody in this range, but for me this week uh, it's Morikawa in the range. Yeah, I think Morikawa would be my topic too from the tier. I do think Rory McIlroy is close to finding it. I know he walked off a little grumbly on Sunday from from Bay Hill, but. Uh, he seems close, and he's one of players before, and we know this is all part of him building up to peak at Augusta, the major he wants more than any other. Um, I think I have a feeling Morikawa might be the most owned off this tier, so if you just want to go another direction, I, I might lead Rory. But but uh, everything you said about Morikawa is the, it's all the logic. The ROM stuff is wild. We talked last week about how he was playing so well but just putting badly, and it happened again. He gained – 10.1 T to green and 6.9 approach last week. Like if he does that, you think he wins the tournament. We lost four strokes on the greens. Like it's just, it's wild. That's three tournaments yeah. in a row where he hit it great. And he still finished 17th. But you know, if you're paying 11,000 for John Rahm, 17th ain't going to do it. But 
I don't know. One of these weeks, he's going to putt. He's going to the gain strokes putting, and he's going to blow everybody away. I just don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, uh, but it's been multiple weeks now yeah, uh, with the, the putting. It's not that, that used to be a strength. Yeah, it's and, around the it's around the green too. He's lost strokes around the green five straight events. So it's like it's the putting and the short game stuff. It's very yeah. strange. It's like and that's something he used to do well. I don't know if it's just a it's a small blip or something's going on with a short game. But uh, if he figures it out, look out, he's going to kill people. But well, now you make me wonder. Sawgrass gets a little soft, slower. That would be what if you're struggling with your putting. That's what you'd want to see, right? Yeah. It's just let's just slow it all down there on the green. So, hmm. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna putt well one of these weeks, and it's gonna be like a sh- a six shot win. It's just a matter of timing it when it's coming is becoming very difficult because he's really struggling around the green. Yeah, you gotta also love it when his bad week is t twenty one. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's absurd. It's absurd how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of around the green problems, uh, Victor Hovland. Good thing there's no sand at Sawgrass to worry about, right? Uh, but He's so good everywhere else. I, I forget what, which announcer said it, but pretty much said he's just brutal in the bunkers right now on Sunday. Like they were, they were mincing no words there, but I mean, he still gained 10 shots tee to green of 4.7 off the tee, 4.5 approaches. He played so well. He's coming off a fourth and a second. Like it's hard to argue against him, but yeah, you're right. The short game stuff is concerning. In, in hindsight, he might not have been the best pick at whistling straights last fall. Right. But he's still, he still played pretty well there. All things considered, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe Sawgrass is a great place. You're not going to hit it in too many bunkers. You're just you're going to splash down. So, but it's funny. It's funny to see a guy that's like that has everything except just like one glaring weakness. You know, like like that is. I mean, Rom, like you said, he's he's been a great putter and is just maybe going through a stretch. But Hovland, this is like a thing, and it's it's sort of bizarre that he's not able to resolve it. It's crazy yeah. how many awesome young players we have on tour right now. I mean, we talk about it these is. guys. They're all just so good. And we talk about, we're talking about guys in the eights and nines, like all just stud young players. It's amazing what, what a group we have right now. And the ball striking is just unreal how yeah. good it is. Uh, we, we, I, I hate to spend so much time in the top tier, but we got to at least talk about uh, the defending champ, Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, he, he's playing well. He's in good form. Yep. And he's at 10-4. It's not that punitive if you want to go with him. No, and I think I think there are builds where you could play two guys up here. You, you kind of have to skip the skip the nines, which is tough to do yeah. with some of the games there. But I mean, he what, he's, he's had four four starts so far this year, three top tens. Like yeah, defending champ, um, gained crazy amounts TD Green approach last year. Played here unbelievably well last year. I mean, I can't argue against anybody in this group right now. Such a FOMO tournament. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, I want to get a I want to get him in a lineup. I want to get him in a lineup. Yeah. Next thing you know, I've got like five, six, seven different lineups and. Yeah, it's a good way to just wash away any gains you might make with your best lineup. This yeah. is a fun. This course has something for everybody too. I mean, yeah, Justin Thomas has the tee to green game, and that's what carried him last year. But he clipped Lee Westwood at the end. You know, like there's often there the old guys can find a way, almost like you know at Augusta a few weeks later, where where it's like Davis Love of, winning it that year. A lot I mean, of surprises at Sawgrass. So yep, this this course was really opens up the whole field to it. So that's one of the fun things about the week. Yeah, you get some really good stud golfers winning it, and then you get uh, Craig uh, Pert. Uh, yeah, and you know, never heard from him again. Basically, uh, it, it's wild. You get run the gantlet here. I, I thought you were going to say you get someone like Ricky Fowler, the one here we never heard from him again. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that his last win? Uh, I don't know. It was an awesome win, though. I think he might have. No, won Phoenix one. was. Yeah, he Phoenix won Phoenix. Was his last win. That's right. The, his win here was awesome. He was like minus six the last six holes, and then birdie seventeen twice in the playoff. It was an unbelievable run. Yeah, I had Sergio that year. It wasn't awesome, uh, yeah, but <laughs> hit the ball already, Sergio. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, no, it was awesome. Everybody loves Ricky. How can you not love Ricky? Uh, let's move on to the nine thousands. 
Cantlay is at 99, Dustin Johnson 98, Xander 97, Hideki 96, Cam Smith 94, Scotty Scheffler, who we've been spending all this time talking about, 92, Spieth 9,000. How is Scheffler not going to be like 87% owned at 9,200? I mean, I guess you're still fading the math of just how hard it is to win back-to-back weeks or how insane it would be to win three out of what would be three out of five events for him. If he wins again this week, it just, you just say it's improbable, but the guy's on the biggest heater of his career and it's no one's, I don't know. That's, that's a and low. He doesn't price. have to win to be worth it at 92. Yeah. Also. That's, that's so, that's such a low price. I, I would have, I would have pegged him another 800 or so higher anyway. Uh, I think like 99 I, also jumps out. What is he doing down? What's he done to drop a tier? I mean, he's probably other than Scheffler, maybe the best golfer, most consistent golfer so far this season, I would say can't lay. Uh, so I, that's, that feels like a bargain. And then I feel like Hideki, he's going to get, I think he's going to get a little bit overlooked here, but he does have a 63 on this course. That is a footnote in history because it was wiped out. Oh, uh, right. COVID on, on, on my team that year too. That was a oh. lot of fun. To <laughs> oh. yeah. Not better. Not better. Haven't, haven't so, forgotten it at all. So if the golf gods have a heart, you, you'd hope Hideki is the round one leader and then you take the chips fall. But uh, he's been playing great too. I, I don't know. Matsuyama is tempting for me off this year. I don't, I don't normally, I don't play him a lot in my lineups for some reason. And I often kick myself cause he is so consistently good and he's, you know, he's, he won that masters and just hasn't really stopped with the consistency. So, uh, he might be my choice off this tier this week. Well, to answer your question on Scheffler, the pricing came out before he won last week. So that's part of the reason why he stayed down. But the answer okay. to the other question on, on roster ship, I think the only way he's not super highly under is because there's so many names in this range is the only sure. reason. Because he's, he's definitely underpriced. But um, Jeff stole a little bit of my thunder here. I thought he would go with Xander or Cantlay. But I'm going uh, I'm going Hideki in this range pretty strong. Um, wow. Playing really well in tough conditions on Sunday. Um, hit it well at, at API. Gained 6.32 to gain 4.8 approach. Great tee to green in four last four last of tournaments, not just good, but great. Um, did miss the cut here last year, but Jeff referenced his his 63 in 2020 before COVID canceled that. Uh, he was eighth here in 2019. I think just I think Hideki's hitting the ball really well. I like him in tough conditions. I like him on a tough course. I just I, I think he's playing really well right now. And I think with 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 Cantley, Xander, and uh, right there, and then Spieth and Scheffler below him, I think he goes a little bit overlooked this week. Uh, I'm playing him in DraftKings and I'm betting him this week also. Ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I, if if you want to go for a low roster, uh, maybe Cam Smith might be fun too at ninety four. I mean, I think I think you can safely avoid DJ and still, you know, even though it'll be tempting because he will be low rostered. I think that in and of itself isn't good enough. But I, I do think this is a week where you're going to have to try to find some unique paths. Uh, but I don't think DJ is one of those paths for me. No, Cam Smith's a good call because I don't think uh, I think he will definitely go overlooked with the with the, all the names we mentioned, and he's uh, um, you know, didn't play great his last two tournaments, but before that was in really good form. Is this another week where you could do two in the nines and avoid the top tier? Or is, it's going to be tough to avoid that top tier, but man, it seems tempting. You can really stack it up with a balance. I think you go two nines and two eights, or two nines and an eight with a high seven. I think you can really get interesting there and avoid the top tier. I'm definitely going to play a team uh, where I do that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, the eights. But before we do that, a quick note from our sponsors on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, welcome back to Gaming Golf, the TPC edition. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Ritter from SI and Morning Read and Scott Jenstad from Rotowire. We are now covering the $8,000 tier here at the TPC. Uh, Will Z's at 89, Daniel Berger 88, Louis is at 87, Brooks Kepka 86, Tony Finau 85, Joaquin Neiman 84, Sung J M 83, Adam Scott 82, Billy Ho 81, it's a Florida course, and Shane Lowry at 8,000. Scott, how big are you on Daniel Berger this week? Is this another Berger week for you? It is. I, I love this range again. Like, there's just so many good players here. But I, yeah. I there's three guys I've really highlighted. One is Berger. Um, you know, how is he going to respond to that blown lead from a couple weeks ago? But like, he, that Sunday round was mostly putting. He, he lost three and a half strokes putting just in that round. Like, we talk about three losing three and a half strokes putting in the tournament's bad. He lost it just in that Sunday round. But he, he gained T degree and hit it mm-hmm. well, gained an approach. Aside from that, uh, that weird blip in Phoenix, we didn't play well. He's been just been great since like the mid middle middle of last summer. Um, four tournaments in 2022, three top 20s, two top 10s. Just playing great right now, and just this field pushes him down in price. 8800 is a really good price. Um, Jeff's probably gonna talk about the guy right above him, so I'll leave Will Z to him. But uh, if I if I drop down in the eights, um, I like Billy Horschel again, 8100. Um, second last week at API, hit it great, gained a big and T to green and approach. Three straight huge T to green weeks. Like he was kind of. Uh, playing well on his putting in the last three weeks, he's really hit the ball well. Um, top 16 or better in his last four tournaments, really good price on him again. And then I like going back to Shane Lowry at 8,000 too. I think he, I mean, he, there's, there's, he made comments he should have won at Honda, aside from the, you know, the deluge on 18, but hit it great at Honda, was playing really well in the Euro Tour uh, before, he, before he came over to, to play at Honda. Um, so I think both those guys in the low eights are, are very, very rosterable, and I would play in them. Yeah, and the added bonus, if you do uh, Billy Ho, is NBC loves him so much, you're going to see almost all of his shots on the weekend, too. So there's he's, that. He's, he's gritty and tough. you got to show every shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I knew, I knew Scott would tee off with uh, Berger, but I, I do think he's a great pick at that price. I mean, it's been two weeks now since the Honda crack up, but, I mean, he had that event. Uh, that event was set up for him, and maybe he just – Keeps them like you know. Other than that round, he was playing as well as anybody in the world, really, let, leading into that Sunday. So, at that price, Burger is very tempting. Uh, I don't have much to add on Will Z. I mean, we both aligned with him last week. We felt good about it. The stats said he was a sneaky good pick, and they just got blown off, you know, the map on Sunday. I think he struggled on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. But they just got totally blown away. It was Sunday. Friday and Sunday. Because yeah. uh, well, played played great on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. The, watching all those six foot putts on the back nine on Friday were was just brutal. He'd stick an iron, miss yep. the putt. Stick an iron, miss the putt. 
stick and iron, miss the putt, etc. Lather, you know, rinse, repeat. It was just brutal. Uh, who do you like? Anybody else you like in the eights, Jeff? I would take. Uh, I, I would take a look at Adam Scott. Uh, just quietly doing his thing. Uh, no longer, you know, someone that gets all the headlines, but he'll get a fair amount of time on NBC if he's in contention as well. They like they like him a lot too. But he's just very quietly having a solid year, and I believe he's nine for nine in cuts made at this event. Nine for hmm. his last nine at Sawgrass. So. A sneaky good pick to, you know, if you're going to spend 8200 in DraftKings, you need that guy to make the weekend. But uh, I think Scott can not only make the weekend, but maybe even uh, grind a top 10 out of this one. How do you guys feel about Brooks? I just would lean elsewhere. I don't I don't know. I feel more confident in the other guys. I think, I think there's a boom-bust potential there, um, as there almost always is with Brooks when you're outside the majors. So it's probably worth taking a throwing a few darts if you're going to set multiple lineups. I can see it, but I, I don't think he would be the I don't think he'd be the guy I put in my like my favorite lineup. Kind of how I feel too. Like you could definitely see him winning, but you can see him missing the cut. And those guys are always probably better betting on than playing in DraftKings, just because you you get killed if he yeah. misses the cut. But exactly, just been so. I mean, he putted so well at Phoenix, and then he played pretty well at Honda. And then he's bad at Genesis. It's just hard to figure out. Uh, you know, it just if Brooks shows up and plays well, it's it's tough to beat. But I, it, it's tough to put him in a DraftKings line for me right now. Which I assume a lot of people are going to be that way. It might be when your your unique lineup, the Cam Smith Brooks pairing there. Uh, I don't know. Might be might be uh, a path there to differentiate yourself from the others if you want. Or uh, or just or just go Finau at eighty five hundred and be really different. Oh yeah, well. Finau didn't kill anybody at TPC before in the past, so that's fine. We're going to be good there. Uh, anyways, um, let's go to the seven thousands. Uh, we got all these guys we like. We got to find cheaper guys to to make it all work. So um, again, I'm going to follow my policy of not naming every single player that's in the seven thousands. Instead, I'll let you do it for me, uh, Jeff Ritter. Uh, do you want to do full seven thousand zero seventy five to seventy nine? I'll let you choose. I'll, uh, I got two guys. I got, I got one off each side of the 7,000. Okay. Let's do that. uh, I think Sam Burns, there's, there's gotta be, Sam Burns has to pay it off for me at some point that I put him on my season long team. I think he's a pretty good Florida golfer. There hasn't been much from him this year, but he did quietly sneak into the top 10 last week. He did. He was a hot, hot player last fall. Uh, maybe he's a guy who's finding it. Um, I like the price a lot. Um, I actually just noticed, I didn't flag him initially, but Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick at 7,700 also feels very cheap for a guy yeah. who's quietly, uh, also, I would say, maybe playing the best golf of his career to be to be at that price is tempting. But the other guy, a little farther down the 7,000, old favorite of the podcast, ball striking machine, Corey Connors. What is he doing at this price? Yeah, he missed a few cuts before last week. He might have found his form though. So I'm playing on the weekend at, at the RE. Yeah. Pretty good. Look out at that price. So those are my three off the seven thousands. Funny thing about Corey Connors is he was having a great day on Sunday. All of a sudden, kind of popping up on the leaderboard. And I've seen on Twitter, why aren't they showing any of Corey Connors? They show him and he has trouble. <laughs> um, it's just like, uh, you know, th- thanks guys. Appreciate you. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like him there too. Uh, Scott, how about you? Yeah, I'll start. I like Fitzpatrick again to me. It's just, he's just in top tens. He was top, he was T9 again last week at Bay Hill. Three US, three tournaments in the US in 2022, all top tens. You can get that under 8,000. Like, that's nice. And 
I have to think he's he set the record last week for the for the only guy top ten they showed one shot of him on Sunday. I think he just like he could <laughs> never even there. You could yeah. never get like, and they would be like, and even uh, I forget who it was. It was either uh, I forget who it was it was Jacobson. I think it was it was, it was doing the announcing. He said that you know I think I like, I like Matt Fitzpatrick in the back nine here, and they still never showed him. So the guy I really like this week is at seventy five hundred is Max Homa. Um, he played really well at uh, at API, gained seven point nine T degree and five point seven approach. Lost strokes putting and still finished 17th. Three state top 20s. Gained really well in TD Green the last three events. Uh, I know he misses, missed the cut last year as only appearance, but I think he is way underpriced. Uh, I, I like Homa as a bet to win. I already put it in this week, too. Um, I like him in DraftKings a lot at 7,500. I, I just think he's priced really well. And a guy, you don't get a guy down here that often that can actually win the tournament. I think he can he can do that this week. So I, I love him down here. Um, do you want me to hit some low sevens also? Or, Jeff, you got a couple of more? Well, what do you guys think about Hatton at 78? I mean, had a great Sunday. Uh, is formerly a top 10 player in the world. He's a world-class player. He could also win, I think. I th- he could definitely win. I think he he and Burns both just putted their ass off last week, and I'm always yeah. a little hesitant on those guys. I know sure. that doesn't always – but he gained eight – Hatton gained eight strokes putting last week, and gained tee to green is about even on approach. Didn't hit it quite as well as the second place would look, so – you know, I, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of looking for little things here and there in the sevens to you know differentiate these two guys. So that's probably the reason I go Fitzpatrick over Hatton myself. But um, you know, you get Hatton under eight thousand, certainly a guy that can win the tournament. Yeah, last year he went seventy six sixty nine, so he missed the cut, but he finished you know shot that sixty nine. Uh, twenty twenty obviously didn't happen. Uh, twenty nineteen. What did he do in 2019? 2019, he also missed the cut. So maybe I know this isn't necessarily a horse for course course, right. but you know, the recent record's not that great. By the way, to uh, to talk about Fitzpatrick, this is this is the one reaction we got when we brought up Fitzpatrick. Yeah, never excites me. Yep, pretty. That's I love that. But give me a top ten every week, and I uh, I don't need to be excited. I'm good with that. Right. All right. Any others in the the low sevens, Scott? Uh, I like Connors too. Just coming off, he played really well last week. I mm-hmm. think it was a really good sign. He had not been hitting it great for all the ball striking stuff we talked about. He played really well last week. He lost three point one strokes putting last week. He might have won the whole tournament if he just putted average. But um, so I do like him too. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things like how much do you trust the one good week back? Is he found his form or is it, it was a fluky good week? But he was seventh here last year, so that's a really good, uh, really good sign there. Um, I go back to I go back to Cameron Young again at seventy two hundred. Another nice finish last week. He was thirteenth. Yeah. That's three straight top twenties. He's priced at seventy two hundred. Like it's just it's, it's just a it's just a really low price and just one of those things that they probably the price that came out early and um, he's just not a huge name. But he wasn't good in approach last week, but gained seven on tee to green, four point six off the tee. Just he gains every week off the tee. I mean, not quite a bomber's course that we like someone like Cameron Young on, but you know, big tee to green games in four or five and four straight big games off the tee, playing well for this price and. How do you not mention Chris Kirk here? 7,000 back-to-back top 10s. He was fifth at API, gained uh, on the ball-striking metrics. He kind of melted down on Sunday. But, you know, he, he's been, he was green in all the shot gain metrics. So, like, putting around the green, teetering. He's been green in every single one of those uh, metrics in the last three tournaments. You very rarely see a guy who's just green across the board that is not an elite player. And at 7,000, like, that's a really good sign. He's playing well across all facets of the game. Chris Kirk was my this week's player I thought might be unowned and went searching to see if he was owned <laughs> to find out he was owned. So, yes. yeah, Kirk's uh, a good call. I also, at this range, Taylor Gooch, I mean, we know he can play three three great rounds. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. I wonder how much scar tissue he might be taking, but uh, it certainly it feels like it's starting to come together for him. We just got to figure it out on Sunday, but that's a good price for a guy who's gotten a lot of TV time. 
uh, so far in 2022. Fun fact about Cam Young is he outpointed Matt Fitzpatrick, even though he finished 16th and Fitzpatrick finished ninth. Uh, but you know, it, it's, and that's the thing about Fitzpatrick is he, he'll string together a lot of pars. He, yeah. he won't go, he's not going to go crazy low. The other thing about Cam Young is there's no course experience here. Um, yeah. He didn't play there last year. He was, wasn't on the tour full time. So, Very you know, true. and I feel like this is an experience course. Does that make, is that, would that register with you guys? I could get behind that. Yeah. There's, I don't know. There's just, the course kind of feels like they're just, it opens itself up to the unexpected, I guess is a good way to say it. Like you, mm-hmm. it's really hard to find a player profile. I mean, we, we could say T to green, but then there's just these outliers are always lurking around that too. So old watch young, Cam Young go low and, you know, yeah, I, I'll probably roster him in at least one. or uh, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. he had, he had, it's one of you don't roster him in all of them, right? Yes. I think you don't roster in all of them, but I think that, uh, and you know, you like him more like a jet, like we talked about it, but Genesis when he finished second, like that's a, a course you get the ball far and he gains so much off the team. Maybe it doesn't help as much here, but I just think he's priced so low for how well he's playing. That's three straight top 16s. That's really legit. For sure. For sure. Let's dig into the cheap cheapies here. The 6,000s, the guys that make the five figure guys tenable. Scott, you got anybody in the 6,000s you like this week? I have two, and one of them will be the least shocking pick in the history of podcasts. I'll is just a, write it down now. Keegan Bradley, six nine hundred. <laughs> like I said, it was boring. I said it was boring last week, and he went and finished eleventh. Like, give me that every time. Under seven thousand. Um, he gained four point five shots on Tita Green last week, but uh, he actually putted well, which is kind of strange. He didn't. He didn't really hit it up well that well on approach, but uh, putted really well and just making cuts consistent every week. And if it's seven thousand and under, like you give me someone that's to make the cut, kind of all I want. And that's that's five straight cuts. That's uh. Two of those in the top 12, like really good sign there. My other guy here is uh, Sebastian Munoz of 6,700 is quietly hitting the ball really well. Uh, he's made four straight cuts. T to green last three weeks. He's gained 4.4 API, 8.9 at Genesis, 9.7 at Phoenix. So finished 26, 21st, and 23rd. Um, has lost strokes putting four straight weeks. So struggles on the green. But you give me a guy who's hitting the ball that well, making cuts, finishing in the top 30 at 6,700. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to play that in some laps for sure. So good picks. I uh, I need a check on Lucas Herbert. Is it Herbert or a bear like the old uh, Saints? One, one of them is and one of them isn't. So I always get confused because there's yeah. two there's two a bears. Well, yeah. when you say Lucas, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. Right? yeah. We'll just go so, by first name there. He, he, yeah, there you go. Although, so, that's not true. There is Glover. Um, but that's right. That's right. We don't, uh, we, we don't yeah. need to talk about him. So we're fine. Yeah. The bat the back door top 10. Uh, from Lucas last weekend intrigues me. You're just, you're looking for, I just say, look for guys on four, but then I don't know. Like this is the tier where I think who is this year's Jim Furyk, Lee Westwood. <laughs> Who's going to be the guy that just is like, there he is again. He's 40 something years old. We didn't see it coming, but here he is again on a leaderboard. And I'm going to throw a dart at as long as Sepp Straka could win. Why can't Matt Kuchar, the original, uh, why can't he somehow, some way, just find himself into the conversation on the weekend? The American Sepstraka. Good, good right. record. The American Sepstraka. Uh, I'll I'll put him down for a top twenty, and pre- be prepared to eat crow. But I, I think it's I think this is a place. This is an area where you can fire a few darts and maybe um, maybe get lucky. And I you know I'm even looking at like Stuart Sink down here. Something uh, just feel like there's one of those guys is gonna pop. And you know, can you find, can you find him? So I'll I'll throw a dart at Kucher and uh, 
We'll see I, where it goes. I think the other guy that might pop is an old friend of the uh, podcast. We've been off a little bit lately. He's actually Mito Pereira at 6,700. I just looked at him. Very, just clicked through on Very him. quietly. <laughs> the last two weeks, bounced back 15 at Genesis, 30th at Honda, and he lost 4.3 strokes putting at Honda. Hit the ball really well. Gained seven and a half shots to green. I think he's found his game, and if he finds his game, he's a really good player. They lost his game. He was terrible at, at Pebble and at Phoenix, but I think he's found it the last couple weeks. I think he's sneaky, 6,700 too. Let me ask you a general question. Is there a course, a tournament out there where like, yeah, he's really rolling it well. I want to get the guy that's got the hot putter. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever like look at that as a positive indicator? Uh, I mean, I think it's always good. I just look for outliers with that. Like if the guy mm-hmm. gains a ton or loses a ton, I think that that tends to normalize out more than other stats do. I just think that if you're a great ball striker, that, that stat tends to uh, carry over more. There are a few guys who are, Good putters. Maybe Denny McCarthy's a guy that jumps out like always good putting numbers. But um, yeah, I think when I get the extremes, I think that those tend to not repeat. So I tend to uh, I tend to play that. But yeah, but guys, uh, it, it, there's a, there are guys like there's a guys like Keegan or Luke Lister. We're gonna talk about in a second. I promise. Um, that just every week like putt badly. You have to take that into account. But I think it's more for me. It's more the consistent bad putters than consistent good putters. By that, I'd say the Masters is one where I'd look for putters yeah. a little bit too, and um, an experience with putting there because it's just such a different place there. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. a good point. Um, anything else from a DK perspective before we move on to the gaming sheet? Mix it up. This is a Mix. good week to play more than one lineup. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think how you construct your roster is key here because there are there are guys at every range more so than almost every week we play. Sure. All right, let's go to the betting sheet. Uh, Jeff Ritter, let's start with you. Who's on your gaming sheet? I got three. I'm going today's odds from the SI Sportsbook. Rory McIlroy, 20 to 1. I like it. I still think he's I think he's close. I can it just feels like things are lining up for him. I'm in. Uh Brooks Kepka, we talked about risk reward. I, it's not someone that we really want to play in DraftKings, but 40 to 1. Yep. 40 to 1? I mean, that that feels like a good bargain. And then also. I still have this funny old guy feeling about this event. I just so Adam Scott back to him fifty to one. Mentioned him earlier, uh, but I like those odds on Scott as well. So those are my three people that Chris List has heard of. Uh, is, is is your wheelhouse there? <laughs> but, nice. Um, I'm, he's not even on with Rotowire anymore, but he's my friend, so I like to rip on him anyway for his <laughs> his his esteemed golf knowledge. Scott, I, I you got to have this is like one of those tournaments. Do you feel? Like you want to have more plays because it's the TPC. So it's funny you said that. I was going to lead with the fact that I I like so many guys in the middle. I think a win that I'm only going to go one guy up top, and then I'm going to play a bunch of guys in the middle to so get a few more shots at this thing. So I'm actually okay. going to play. Uh, I, I'd love to play more Kyle, but he's a little bit low at sixteen to one. I just can't fit that many low guys. So I'm going to play Hideki at twenty five to one. I've actually already taken him. I got him at thirty to one, but he's now down to twenty five to one. So I'll play it for the podcast at twenty five to one. Then I'm going to jump back. I'm going to go back to Will Zalatoris. I think 40 to one's too high a price for a guy who's just, you know, kind of uh, de- depressed after last weekend in, in, his, in his betting prices. I'm going to play Shane Lowry at 50 to one. I think that's a really good price for a guy that can win this tournament. Um, Billy Horschel, 55 to one. Max Homa, 80 to one. Already took him out at 105, but I'll go with 80 because that's the that's the price. So I'm going with those five. I wanted some more shots at this. And I think that some of those lines are just really, really a bit high. And then finally, if I could tell you that there is someone who in the last 24 rounds is second in this field in tee to green, third in ball striking, eighth off the tee, 10th in approach, and eighth around the green, and is 180 to 1, and has already won a tournament on a really difficult course this year, is that something that you might be interested in? Uh, listen I, to you. I didn't know we were going to play line. Jeopardy here. The <laughs> 
That is five stats over the last 24 rounds. This person is top 10, and it's Luke List at 180 to 1. Has already won this year. Um, cannot putt. He lost seven shots putting last week in two <laughs> rounds, which is hard to do. But um, I don't know. You give me all that ball striking thing. There's no, all the ball striking stuff. It's so good, just so bad putting. But you give me 180 to 1. Like that's such a good price. You throw two or three bucks on that, just kind of a, a FOMO bet. You don't want to miss out on that if he does happen to putt kind of league average this week. I think that the price is just way too high for us this week. Interesting because you didn't mention him on the DK side when he was at 7-2. I mean, that's a pretty good price there too. It is. I think he's more of a betting play because I think he actually could win, but I think okay, he could fair. shoot. He could shoot plus six pretty easily too. And then you know, you turn on the you turn on the TV and he misses back to back three foot putts. It's frustrating in DraftKings, <laughs> but I think I think he actually has some a little bit a teeny bit of win equity. You get that 181. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple bucks on that every time and kind of save and kind of just save myself in case he's on the he's on the leaderboard in the weekend. I don't want to to have missed that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Will Z. I mean, you just don't want to watch him miss another putt. It's just oh, so, it's so tough. so tough to watch. Yeah. And so you might shy off of him the following weekend. That's what creates opportunity. So there you have it. Um, all right, let's move on to our one and done picks for, uh, this time. Uh, it was Will Z, and uh, I think I I said I went Will Z, but I had Hovland as my backup pick and didn't go that route, obviously, but. Uh, would have been done, would have done better than Will Z. So who do we got this week, guys? Uh, let's start start with uh, Jeff this time. I, I'm going to pass because I, I want to make sure I'm different than Scott because for the, uh, the double uh, the double uh, Zalatoris uh, thing didn't work well for us, and I have a feeling I'm down to two guys that that Scott might be looking at. So I want I want to hear his pick first, and I'll, I'll go a different way. Big tournament, huge purse. I think if you want to, uh, you want to fire an elite player this week for sure. You want to win this week, but I'm going to go. I don't know if it's considered second tier. I consider him kind of uh, right below the elite, maybe. But I'm going Hideki Matsuyama as my one. I think he wins wins this week. I was down to. I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> That's so funny. The huge purse. I was down to Hideki, or I'm just going to fire the cannon and go with Colin Morikawa. And so I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play Morikawa, and I'm going to enter it now so we don't have any glitches like we did a few weeks ago when uh, I picked Scheffler here but didn't enter it in time. I'm so. just going to show you that Morikawa I have Morikawa as highlighted right here. Just <laughs> just clicked on him thinking, nice. okay, well, that, that can be differentiate myself. I'm going to go Morikawa, but my uh, my backup it would be Billy Ho. Uh, oh, I like it. If you want to go a little different, I mean, he's a Florida guy. He's he's in great form. Um, I might even go Billy Ho, but uh, yeah, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm gonna go Billy Ho. <laughs> what uh, what did we go. do? Nothing. You're just. I just wanted to be different. That's all. What I like it. You like McNulty? What the f did I do? Uh, wire reference. Uh, did you ever see that? You saw the wire, right? I saw the wire. Yes. Okay. Cool. I would like to congratulate both of you guys on not using better than most the whole podcast. That was a, that was well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, be the right club today also would have been a good <laughs> right? one there too. Is that, that was uh, Hal Sutton, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so there you go. Those those have been the two most used lines probably ever. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, any other parting uh, comments before we uh, head off for today? If uh, if there's no baseball season, are we going to do more of these? You guys will have some free time, right? Should we, <laughs> well, should I we figure we're going to go throughout, go through the championship. Maybe we'll skip like the deer or something like that. But for the most part, we'll just keep rolling on these. All All right. Right. I don't. I don't think Jeff's letting me off the Sunday podcast, even there's no season. We're going to have to come up with content. Yeah. So golf it is. There you go. Play, Thanks, everybody. Uh, play, play Max Homa in DraftKings is my last piece. All right. There you go. Max Homa it is. You could have used him in one and done, too, and been a little different, too. So that, that, that would be a good. I, I kind of like that, too. Yeah. 
Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in to Gaming Golf. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks for the comments in the forum. Uh, I do appreciate that. Too old to run. Appreciate you on the Matthew, Matthew Fitzpatrick take. Uh, we'll be back at you again next week. Good luck in your TPC entries. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.